an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and I'm in studio here with Bob Savage. Howdy doodles. And uh, let's see. It, the, the weather is kind of under control, I guess. I don't know. I well, I'll take today. It yeah. It's warming up, and the sun's kind of got some uh, murky clouds, and it's not yeah, bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not quite motorcycle riding weather, but I'll take it. So, um, so welcome to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. Today is Thursday, and Thursday, I think, is the only day of the week that we don't have a title for the show. You know, we've got Mondays, which are statewide issues, current news. Then Tuesdays are our talk of the town. Wednesdays are White House Wednesdays. Fridays are fake news Fridays. And Thursday is just kind of that odd day of the week where um, we fill it with whatever was missed throughout the week. Prince, Prince Spaghetti um, Radio Free New York. Yeah, there, there you go. So Something like that. I mean, you, you know, it's, it's Thursday. Um, so what I wanted to talk about today is Cuomo's state of the state. Oh, yeah. Because uh, Cuomo is just the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> and it's never the gift you want. Not to jump ahead here, but are you noticing that some of, some of his staunchest Democrat allies are going – um, aren't we going to talk about the bail reform problem? And mm. uh, are, are we going to address people leaving New York State in record numbers? Is that mm. of anybody's interest? Not from what I see. I mean, I, I tell you what, it's as I look through these proposals, and you know what's interesting? Last year I did a show on Cuomo's State of the State and there was actually live coverage of it that I was able to watch, and I watched it a couple times before going on air to, to talk about it. Um, this time around, I looked at my usual places, and I couldn't find video of it. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, maybe they didn't want anybody seeing them talk. I, I'm not really sure what uh, was going on with there. I'm sure it's floating around somewhere, and I'll find it, and I'll be disappointed that I couldn't point out some goofy thing that he said that was ridiculous. Um, well, it could also be that nobody wants to see the empty auditorium. Sure. Uh, that, yeah. you know, because uh, apparently this is attendance on this state-of-the-state thing. And this this is something I learned from the late Bill Nojay too. It's pretty much penitential. Mm. You know, they they make you they you know you're 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 muscled into watching this thing. You know, standing there and because he needs somebody to applaud for him. But uh, I'm sure also that because last year's state of the state ratings were so stellar, mm -hmm. that probably highly motivated everybody else to want to carry this thing. Sure, that yeah. eleven people will watch because yeah. it's depressing to watch because you just realize how much money is being pounded down the toilet. Yeah, and that that is definitely the overarching theme of 
Cuomo's, which originally was going to be 30 um, objectives, and they must have used Common Core because he published 34 of them. <laughs> so, well, he came up with four more ways to spend money. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, the, one thing I do want to highlight, though, and I want to talk about and emphasize here, um, did you guys notice when the state of the state took place? It took place on a work day. Yeah, in the afternoon. You know, where like the average um, New Yorker who maybe wants to participate in government, maybe wants to hear what the governor has to say, um, although many would probably argue that we don't want to hear what he has to say. But I think it's important. I think um, to allow citizens to be engaged in the process, um, why would you hold it in the middle of a work week? Why My not? guess is you can't get the TV time. Yeah, I, that's what I, I I'm thinking. I, I mean, seriously, if 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 you're Governor Cuomo and you say that all of the things you're doing for New York is to lend to um, further equality, help the working person, um, you, you know, all this stuff, why would you hold the state of the state at a time when the working person is working? You know, you're you're saying right off the bat, um, hey, working class family, hey, working class person, hey, working class voter, you know what I don't care about? It's you. Well, there's further evidence of that. That's a great point, Andrew, and there's further evidence of the truth of that. Look at the tourism ads that run on TV. Mm. Just watch them all. You know, yeah. Make your great escape to New York uh, during the wintertime. You see all these upper-middle-class white folks snowboarding and skiing and on a, some kind of artificial luge run somewhere in the Adirondacks. And, and this, this is just testament to... Uh, what uh, what the late Bill Nojay used to say about uh, about Albany Democrats and particularly Governor Headcase, and that is they see upstate New York as a big park. Yeah. That, that's basically what we are to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you don't see you know some guy who's uh, you know he's driving a school bus and he's got three jobs and he's struggling to raise three kids. Maybe he's living in a mobile home in the southern tier somewhere. You don't see them on you know. Yeah. $400 uh, snowboards wearing all these pricey togs from the ski shop mm-hmm. zooming around uh, Whiteface Mountain. Yeah. No, no, that's that's totally true. And I, I don't know. Every time I see Cuomo do something, he just shows further and further what his true colors are. And the fact that he truly does not care about upstate New York – um and and he even mentions upstate New York in some of these uh some of these points some of these proposals his his goals I guess for 2020 um but none of them will actually lift up the people of New- upstate New York none of them will actually help people have better lives better education more prosperity um instead these proposals are going to hurt upstate even more. Oh, of course. Yeah, he, because he doesn't care. Yeah. Because all of us up here vote against him. He's looked at the map. Yeah, he, 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 he knows. knows there's, there's you know, every state in upstate New York except for Tompkins, the location of Ithaca, <laughs> yep. uh, is is a red is a red county. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's true. So, you know, I I really want to emphasize the fact that if if Cuomo really cared, if the state legislature really cared, the state of the state would have been on a Saturday on a Sunday, something, or may, maybe a Friday, but maybe at 7 p.m., so that people, if they wanted to, 
could drive to Albany and you want to talk about driving some tourism, helping an area out, you have the state of the state at 7 or 8 p.m. in Albany on a Friday night. Guess what's going to happen? People who want to engage would drive to Albany, you know, after work on Friday, maybe spend the night in a hotel before coming back and maybe engage in some tourism across the state, spending their money in supporting local communities. That that in itself would have been more effective than some of these proposals that he's proposed to help New York State. Well, now the, the, the bet is that uh, – uh, you know, he he wants to appeal the tourism. It all looks like the kids of, of lawmakers. They all look like, uh, lo- you know, legislators' kids from Albany or, you know, staff people or state workers, yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, it, it, and the other thing, too, I mean, stop and just drill down on this, this constant, relentless promotion of tourism. Yeah. This, this is uh, Andy's vision for upstate New York is tourism is going to save us. Tourism is is a wonderful industry, and I'm really glad that we have a beautiful state that attracts people to these activities. But tourism does not provide middle-class jobs mm-hmm. for the most part. Sure. I mean, mostly they're food service workers. They're, uh, you know. Might kind just of, be seasonal. Yeah, seasonal yeah. or menial kind of unskilled or semi-skilled jobs that are going to pay somewhere around minimum wage. Mm-hmm. The minimum wage, which Andy Cuomo deplores all the time. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, tourism could help the small business owners if there wasn't so much red tape and regulation making it so hard for them to exist. I mean, you could imagine if you had a hot tourism spot and there were a bunch of small mom and pop shop um, businesses there, they would probably benefit, except the taxes are so high, the regulations are so strict. um, It makes it impossible for these people to survive anyways. Too expensive. Too expensive. Absolutely. But Cuomo wants us to believe it's the weather. That's it. Weather and fishing. He he mentioned he, fishing. He too. doesn't. He doesn't even believe yeah. that. No, he doesn't. He just hopes we do. All right, guys, you're listening to Radio Free New York. When we come back, uh, we're going to start going over the 34 proposals from the state of the state aye, in aye, 2020. Aye. Yeah, bring some aspirin. We'll be back in a moment. On Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe. Safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585 200 3182. That's 585 200 3182. Simple Tech Innovations. You're listening to Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. We are talking about Cuomo's state of the state uh, for New York State. This is 
2020 if you guys are listening to uh to the podcast here and you're not sure which one because we did last year's show as well um so you could compare and contrast the two and i think you'll find this one is just as bad if not worse um but (laughs) here we go cuomo's new year's resolutions if you will um first proposal number one is preventing individuals who commit a serious crime in another state from owning a gun in new york where where have i heard this before well first off i think maybe friday's show i think you guys talked about um this one so for those of you listening to the show this is kind of a part two because i know uh kevin and bob and possibly sean i think might have been there too talked about yeah, sean was here. Yep, talked about a few of these proposals so you guys can go back on the uh the youtube channel there and find that find the part one um but i, I want to address this one even though it was covered because this is really important This is one of those things that the anti-gun lobby constantly harps on and says, well, anybody who's reasonable um, would believe that we need strong criminal background checks when you buy a firearm, or they'll call it universal background checks. You haven't heard of NICS, apparently. Yeah. I mean, it's been around since, was it 96, I think? 93, maybe? At least 20 years. Yeah. So we've had this. It's called the NICS system. Every firearm you ever purchase, you have to fill out a form, answer a bunch of questions, provide ID, and go through a federal background check. This has been the case since the 90s. This is nothing new. So you mean what you're trying to tell me here, Andrew, is it's not really possible to get a gun faster than you can buy a movie ticket. Which is oh, which, yeah, which yeah. is what oh, some of the lefties yeah. say. Yep. You know, every time I hear that, I want to drive off the road. Yeah. Uh, that that's the most preposterous statement I've ever heard. Yeah, no, actually I would be willing to say it takes it, it's it takes longer to get a gun um than it does to bake a pizza. I mean, let, let's be really honest here. There's there's no way you're just walking into a store and walking out with a firearm. I mean, listen, the the waiting period to get a gun now uh, in New York State is longer than most Hollywood marriages. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but it's it's true. And here's the thing. Um, people will constantly talk about, well, what about the gun show loophole and all this other stuff? That doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. It, it hasn't existed. It still needs to go through a criminal background check. Um, so when people talk about this, and I'm not here trying to make fun of people who don't know, I'm saying – Please learn about this because people who know about this, they look at you like you've got a third eyeball and say, what are you talking about? This has been in existence for a really long time. Um, so I'm going to leave that that I this is clearly just virtue signaling to the left. Um, Cuomo absolutely knows that this already exists. There's no question about it. And I'll tell you why. The SAFE Act that he signed into law specifically – um, ties into this system for medical reporting and other things like this. So if if he didn't know about it in 2013, he certainly learned about it then. It's been seven years since then. He absolutely knows the system exists. So uh, I'm, I'm going to step off my soapbox on that one. That one gets me a little <laughs> riled up. Uh, proposal number two, um, this was also talked about in the last show, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Um, ba- banning fentanyl analogs to further combat 
combat the opioid epidemic. Um, I'm just going to comment on this. They already know how to fix the opioid crisis. You eliminate the drug war. You stop banning things like vaping um, and some of the other things that New York State is trying to ban and take away people's freedom of choice, people's freedom to put things in their body that they want. Um, Literally, vaping is an alternative to smoking and other bad things. I know fentanyl is not a drug that's being smoked, but I'm talking generally about the opioid crisis. Um, We have a fix to this problem. Other countries have resolved this problem. Um, New York's idea on how to fix this problem is bigger government, more government control. It is not going to work. Prohibition has never worked ever in the history of anything, period. Proposal number three, mandating automatic manual recounts in close elections. Oh, yeah, I, I know what you mean by that. That's that's where um, in close elections, we count the votes over and over and over again until the Democrat wins. And, and then, I mean, then we stop. Yeah, you know, that, that's the way that works. <laughs> that's how that works. But, but seriously, I mean, all, all joking aside, that's the way that works. Sure. Look, look sure. at the uh, Norm Coleman, um, uh, Al Franken uh, you know, battle in uh, in Minnesota, a notorious example. Sure. Yep. So my my feeling on this is is kind of a simple one. In general, an automatic vote recount and manual that that's good. I'm I'm okay with that. But I truly believe that there needs to be significantly better transparency in our entire ballot system. We we have automatic or electronic ballots. Why is it after an election? Um, is complete, that scanned copies of all those ballots, which we know they already have, aren't just published on Board of Election website. There's no private information on there. It doesn't say whose ballot it is. Um, It could just say date and time cast and show the ballot. And anybody who is unsure about the count could download the file themselves, you know, and, and people will absolutely make the argument, well, they could pull ballots out, they could add them in. I get that, but all of that aside, it's a step towards transparency. How about uh, every time you go to vote, you get a receipt? I would love that. Absolutely. That that would be amazing. We've talked about this so many times on the show that when I put my ballot in there and I just get a little check mark that says ballot cast, I don't know who it read my circles as. Did it read it correctly? I'm I'm putting faith in the system, assuming that that's the case. Um, but I would love a little receipt that says your ballot was cast at this date, this time. Here's the people it was recorded for. Very simple. I, I'm not asking for anything crazy. Just a little transparency from government. Um, so, so I think proposal number three has some good merit to it, but it doesn't do what we really needed to do. Not at all. Uh, proposal number four is closing the rape intoxication loophole. Now, not familiar with that. I I wasn't familiar with it either. Um, at first glance, I thought that this was going along the lines of if you were intoxicated and you rape somebody, you couldn't use intoxication as a defense. Um, turns out that's not the case at all. But that, that's that's why I thought it was. I was thinking, and as I thought about that, I'm like, well, you know, in cases of DWI and manslaughter, like you can't just say, oh, I was drunk, sorry, and get off. So I was like, this sounds like um, it makes sense. But instead, what it turns out to be is they and they very clearly say this voluntary intoxication. So when somebody chooses to drink under their own, you know, voluntarism, um, they are no longer allowed to give consent. 
And and this to me is is very interesting because when you think about what is being said here, and I under and I understand the premise of this, and we'll, we can talk about this a little bit. Um, basically, the premise is that if somebody is voluntary intoxicated and then engages in sexual activity, um, they weren't in coherent mind to give consent. Right, you have to be of sound mind and body to give consent. This is why kids can't give, you know, under the age of eighteen, can't give consents to sexual relations mm-hmm. because they're too immature yep. to to uh, to uh, you know form the consent. So this is this is a well-established doctrine in the law. So I don't understand what this part so, of the state of the state accomplishes. So as I understand it, the law doesn't specify it for voluntary intoxication. It specifies it for a number of other things. Apparently, this has been used in defense, and and of course they use you know saying victims have not had closure and, and things like that because of it. Um, so it, the the premise of this is. If somebody's not of state uh, of sound mind um, through voluntary intoxication, they cannot give consent. But this so, is probably established. There may not be a state law about this. Mm-hmm. That's my point. But there's probably, there's probably case law. There's all kinds of case yeah, law. About I would this. assume so. Um, so the the only thing in general, I don't have a problem think, with it. It's yeah, okay. I, I don't have a problem with it either. The only thing that I wonder about as this moves to law is how anybody is going to be able to prove this you know was this person intoxicated were they not it's not like it's like hey do you consent to this can you blow into this real quick so i can read your blood alcohol content before we move forward you know that that to me is you know so essentially what what i think people should read this is um especially men and young men in a college setting is if you are at a party and there is drinking uh don't do anything. Well, don't do anything. You know, I'm going to take my previous statement back uh, because what this, you know, all of a sudden, you got, what you've got to do, anytime Andy Cuomo uh, proposes something, you got to take a look at it and say, okay, what's the real agenda here? Mm. What's really going on here? Because sure. he's such a liar and he misrepresents things so consistently. What this is, ladies and gentlemen, it's another part of the war on men. Yeah, it, and it very because well, th- th- sure. think about think about a cynical application of this, where some uh, young woman going to college, uh, she's uh, 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 all she has to do is get voluntarily blotto, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and all of a sudden, you know, she doesn't have to take responsibility for her actions anymore, sure. and and uh, and and the guy can get uh, hauled into uh, into a criminal prosecution. Yep. So that's what this is. Yeah, and and that's why I say, hey, you know what? Once alcohol's involved, hands off. You know, um, now the the thing that I wonder about this is, and this law hasn't been presented yet, it hasn't been proposed yet, but if this becomes law, what happens when you and your wife? Have a night out, have a couple cocktails, and you engage in sexual activities afterwards. I mean, what what could this turn into long term? Once yeah. again, I think defending people and their state of mind when they give consent is very important, um, but this raises a lot of concerns, too. All right, guys, you're listening to Radio Free New York. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment.
Aircraft Environmental Systems proudly supports Radio Free New York. Rochester-based leaders in climate simulation chambers for America's R&D laboratories. We're experts in troubleshooting, calibrations, custom designs, and consulting for more than 40 years. Industry pioneers, we created the first-ever fleet of temperature, humidity, and altitude test chambers available to rent coast-to-coast. Trained and trusted by environmental chamber manufacturers, we are ACES. Find us at acesinc.com. Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. And uh, we're talking about Cuomo's state of the state. He's got 34 uh, proposals that he wants to get done this year. Um, And we're just kind of going through them one by one here. This is technically part two. Uh, Kevin, Sean, and Bob went through uh, a handful of these last week. So you guys can find that episode on YouTube. Um, We're on proposal number five right now. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We're halfway through the show. We've only made it to five. (laughs) How long is this going to take? Yeah, yeah. we'll have 19 episodes. (laughs) All right. So number five, uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, banning the use of single-use styrofoam food containers in New York State. And I'm going to keep this one really simple. It just lines up with New York's culture of banning things. When they can't figure out how to fix something, they just ban it, uh, which is never successful. And we're going to see this very soon this year with the plastic bag ban. And we'll see how that's not successful. So moving on, number six, lowering prescription drug prices for all New Yorkers through a comprehensive three-part plan. Now, if this sounds complicated, obscure, and like there's a catch, of course there is. It's it's New York State, um, but they worded it in a way that I think Republicans and Democrats will get behind this because everybody's affected by prescription drug prices. Everybody's affected by terrible, awful, just like healthcare costs. Um, So I think you're going to see people on both sides of the aisle come together and say, yeah, this is a great idea. Uh, Here's the problem. It's not going to lower prices. It's going to increase them because it's going to create a commission to create additional licensing, labeling, registration, all of this stuff for prescription drugs that come into New York State. Um, Their reasoning is that foreign drugs won't come into the state anymore, which are coming in at significantly lower prices than the FDA-approved stuff. Um, It's just like a big scam. It's going to make government bigger. It's going to make drugs cost more. Uh, there will be nothing affordable about so, it. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if the drugs are coming in, they're cheaper. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Well, is, is it, why don't we let the free market yeah. decide this? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's just when you when you look into it, you just can't help but wonder, like, it, you just got to know that people aren't reading this stuff. You know, they read the headlines and go, it's going to be cheaper Great, let's do it. And they don't read the print just below the headlines that says we're going to create a list of new regulations, a new regulatory body, and somehow that's going to make things cheaper. Right. The involvement of government always runs up costs and limits choices. Yeah, and that's that's exactly like they're not even hiding it. If you read what they say they're going to do, they're not even pretending that's not what's going to happen. 
Uh, number seven, which uh, you guys talked about in the last show, so I'm not going to spend any time on it, but that's advancing the strongest net neutrality protections in the United States. Uh, if you guys want to know about that, check out the last show. Uh, number eight, protecting consumers from abusive debt collectors. Now, once again, on the surface, it's kind of like, okay, you know, I haven't really experienced this personally, but you know what? I'm sure that sounds like a good thing. And then you read it. How are they going to do that? Create a new license, you know? So essentially, this is just a new tax. Debt collectors are going to have to apply for a license in New York State. It's not going to protect you or your loved ones from any abusive debt collectors. It's just going to make sure they pay a fee to New York State, probably in the range of $500 to $1,500. That's it. No safety, no protection. Uh, number nine, cracking down on retailers who sell illegal cigarettes. Um, I think – I can't recall. You guys might have covered this a little bit. I know you guys talked about raising the age. Um, best thing I can say of this, welcome to the black market. It's just going to get bigger. Um, and this is all about tax dollars. Yeah, I mean what, why, uh, why, why do we have guys selling Lucy's? Then that's what they're called. They're selling yeah, the individual individual yep. cigarettes. It's because the taxes are so high. Yeah. So the lower economic strata, which of course are the ones who consistently get uh, uh, beat up and blindsided by Albany, much to a much greater extent than the yeah. more wealthy uh, citizens. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- that that they can't afford a pack of cigarettes anymore. So they have to go out and they have to buy Lucy's on the street whenever they can't stand it anymore, and they need a cigarette. Yeah. And if you look at the people who are most impacted by this, it is the people that the Democrats of New York always say they're here to protect low income minorities. These are the people being abused, arrested and jailed over these laws. It's not a middle class white male who's getting arrested for buying or selling Lucy cigarettes. It's poor minorities. Yeah, It's the same people that the, the lottery victimizes. Mm hmm. Yep. Number 10, eliminating the pink tax. I think Kevin did a whole show on the yeah, pink tax. Yeah, we did. The so. pink tax is another figment of Andy Cuomo's imagination. No. Yeah. So we're going we're going to skip over that, but you guys are welcome to look up that one. Uh number 11. This one was interesting. I don't know that we've talked about it yet proposing legislation to prevent sexual predators from using social media, dating apps, and video games to exploit children. Doesn't that happen already? It it does, and Cuomo already signed a law for this in 2008. So this is literally saying we're going to pass a law that we already passed. And on the governor's website, it even says that the law was already passed in 2008. So I get to take credit so, for it again, says Andy. Yeah, so this is just – this is weird. This isn't the first proposal that does that either where they're like, we're going to do this thing. And then in their own press release, it says, we already did this like 10 years ago. We're just going to do it again and call it new. Uh, Number 12, making the New York Buy American Act permanent. Now, I actually wasn't familiar with this. And I was like, what is the New York Buy American Act? Um, So here's a quote from Governor Cuomo himself. No state in the country is building like New York. 
our nation-leading $150 billion infrastructure program is literally changing the face of the Empire State, and we have no intention of slowing down. What's he talking about? So what he is talking about is our infrastructure, our bridges specifically, and some of the road projects. The New York Buy American Act um, basically says that any steel purchased for any infrastructure pl- projects in New York State – over a million dollars needs to be bought American. It has to be American steel, not imported from any other country. Now, here's the thing. You hear that and you go, hey, that's not a bad idea. You know, state government should probably be buying American. I mean, that, that sounds like a good thing. It sounds like that supports um, U.S.-based jobs. That's not how it's used. It's used to reward Cuomo's cronies. That's used as a well, way course. to, you know, give bonuses to his campaign donors and stuff like that by picking and choosing winners and losers in the process. Do I think state government should be buying American made? Absolutely. Um, do I think state government should be spending as much money as it is? Nope, <laughs> not at all. And Cuomo says pretty clearly we're spending the most in the country and he has no intention of us slowing down. Uh, number 13 is developing an innovative strategy to build high-speed rail. Thank you. And I know you wanted to talk about this one, so I'm going to turn this one right over to you. Well, I refer folks to – there's a great uh, article. Uh, our good friend John Walsh sent this along, uh, and it's by David Andriotta in the city newspaper from a couple days ago titled New York's High-Speed Rail Fail. And uh, this pretty graphically sets forth the, uh, you know, the case about this whole thing. But so Cuomo says uh, on his state of the state, quote, he will reexamine past high speed rail plans, question and rethink every assumption and method and recommend a new plan on how to build a faster, greener, more reliable high speed rail in New York. Well, that sounds absolutely terrific, except for the fact that we have in downtown Rochester a $44 million new Louise Slaughter-named uh, uh, rail station, which sees 360 people a day yeah. going in and out of it mm. for $44 million bucks. Uh, they can't lease the you know the, all, all this ballyhoo was uh, was sounded at the uh, announcement of this train station that we're going to have this this retail concourse in there. Yeah. The retail concourse space is leased for two thousand to three thousand dollars a year. Yeah, a year, and they can't uh, rent yeah. them. Yep, they can't they can't get a coffee shop to go in there for three hundred bucks a month. Yeah, so, no, uh, that's. Yes. Uh, so th- th- that that's one indicator. Uh, right now, the train from New York to uh, Rochester pokes along at an interminably slow 50 to 60 miles an hour. Trips from Rochester to the Big Apple take seven to nine hours. Just 70 percent of the Empire Corridor trains are on time because the trains run on tracks owned by the freight carrier CSX, which prior- prioritizes its own traffic over that of Amtrak. So how much would it cost to make this better? Well, if you increase the average speed of these trains that go to New York from 50 to 60 sure. to yeah. 77, possibly topping out at 125 miles an hour, that'll cost $15 billion. Wow. $15 billion. And, and we're so get, running a $6 billion deficit. Right. Getting from Niagara Falls to New York, it takes six hours on an express train, eight hours and 40 minutes on a regional train. Two slower high-speed alternatives that would average speeds of 61 to 63, topping out at 90 to 110. That means intermittently mm. they might hit those speeds. Yep. That would cost $5.6 to $6.3 billion. Hmm. So 
Probably not a financially sound investment for the state to make. Let's just take, now, a, take, take a quick look at California's uh, experience. Uh, they, um, they had a project there for a high-speed rail 438 miles linking Los Angeles and San Francisco with trains traveling 164 miles an hour. It was modified last year after the completion date of 2020 was extended to 2033. And the estimated cost, here's government for you, folks. Went from thirty-three billion to seventy-seven billion. Oh, the uh, project is now reportedly confined to a truncated uh, stretch of track in the Central Valley. So that's that's what's in store for you taxpayers yep. if if uh, if we don't rein Governor Headcase in about this. Yeah, no, absolutely. High-speed rail, um, it could be a good thing, but I would say backed by investors, not backed by the state. It won't happen because there's not enough traffic. And The Andreata article goes into detail. It's a really good read, uh, and uh, so check it out. Yeah, I'll I'll try to find the link and uh, post it for you guys in the comments. We're going on break, guys. We'll be back in a moment. Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. We are talking about Cuomo's state of the state, his 34 proposals, and we have made it to proposal number 14. We're not going to make it to all 34 of them today, but that's fine. We'll Where are we at? About $56 trillion now? Or $160 billion a, a gazillion? Estimate. I don't know. Um, I got money to burn in New York. Yeah, yeah clearly. Uh, so number 14 is is another one of those like people are going to want this. Doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on, but the way New York State is going to do it um, won't be right or correct. Um, and that proposal is increasing transparency in healthcare costs. Now, we've talked about this multiple times on the show. Kevin actually talked about this in the last show as well, that if people knew what the actual cost of healthcare was – That alone, that transparency alone would begin to fix our system. Um, I saw somebody comment in a post uh, over the break, too. They said, you know, if you want to fix health care, have the elected officials use the health care we're using and pay what we pay. And uh, that will start to correct itself right off the bat. Remember in the Obamacare uh, era when that was being uh, knocked about and talked about? Uh, remember that guy that confronted Arlen Specter in Pennsylvania? There was a town hall about it, and he got up. He, I mean, I'm kidding you. I'm not kidding you. He, he was three inches 
from Arlen Specter's face. I couldn't believe mm. Secret Service let that happen. Yeah. And he was going off on Arlen about, uh, if this is such a great idea, how come you guys aren't on it? Yeah. And yeah. Arlen had nothing to say to him. He, he just didn't know. Uh, may he rest in peace, by the way. Yeah, I, I think that uh, the one of many important steps to take in terms of fixing health care is eliminating the health care benefit the elected officials receive. You no take question office, about it. You, you lose, you, there is no health care benefit. Pensions too, that, that's got to go away too. Um, but, but that alone will start to repair this issue uh, that we face here in the United States. Number 15, uh, also covered in the last show, dumb, dumb, dumb proposal. <laughs> Stop banning things. Uh, this is proposed legislation for banning flavored nicotine vaping products and vaping ads aimed at youth. Um, they threw the vaping ads aimed at youth thing so that you would be on board with the rest of it. It's just like with the SAFE Act where they proposed all these atrocious things in the SAFE Act but then threw in the Webster provision which um, said you'll get extra jail time or a harsher punishment if you shoot a first responder and everybody looked and went, crap, well, we can't vote against first responders. Guess we're voting to break our oath of office. Um, that That's exactly what this is. New York has not learned banning things does not work. Uh, number 16. Uh, this was talked about last show, so I'm not going to spend much time on it, but legalizing surrogacy in New York. Um, this is a good thing. Larry Sharp and I actually talked about this uh, in 2018. Um, the ability for people to choose what they want to do with their body, including artificial insemination, uh, carrying a child on somebody else's behalf. Um, let people do what they want to do with their body, and if they're going to make money off of it, great. Like in New York, that's hard enough to do. Well, that's fine as far as that goes, but you know what's going to happen. Oh, there's there's going to be a licensing, licensing fee. And yeah, yeah uh, I know. Uh, New York New York will certainly take a good thing and totally ruin it. There's no question about it. Well, they'll charge for it. Now, the, yeah. They have to in, in you know, they have to insert themselves in the money stream somehow mm -hmm. because people will be paid for surrogacy. Yeah. Well, we can't have that without the state without getting the, the state vigorous, you know. Yeah. No, I I agree. Uh number 17 Man, this one is this one's kind of goofy, all right, because they don't even say they're going to actually do anything about it. They say they're going to combat the scourge of robocalls. <laughs> and um, How about combating the scourge of the state of the state? Yeah, yeah. So, so the reason this is silly, and I know a lot of people um, might not understand that, and that's because there's some – technological limitations here i happen to work in the tech industry and especially um, on the voip phone systems there there is no fix for this if there was a fix for it it would have been done already um you know like at&t t-mobile verizon the truth is the way the internet works today you you can set up a phone system and i can robo call your phone as your wife's phone number. It's totally illegal. It's already illegal. Um, but there's no there's no protocol developed yet that's widely used on the internet to prevent this. So it, it's just government doesn't understand how technology works and they're just totally virtue signaling. This is kind of like a catch-all, like casting a broad net, like somebody's going to be happy that we're going to say that we're going to try to do something about these robocalls that we don't even have the technology for. Right. So it's just the, the just lying to people and uh, and positioning themselves as big being big saviors. And the other thing what they'll likely do is they'll pick out some wealthy victim mm 
like Verizon yep. or uh, you know T-Mobile or somebody like that, and they'll fine them for not preventing robocalls. Yeah, they'll yep. ding them. You know. $50 million or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be pocket change for them, so it won't be worth fighting. And New York State will take it and, I don't know, put it in Parks and Rec or one of these ridiculous proposals. Or it'll go to, uh, uh, you know, Cuomo's buddies. Yep, yep. Uh, speaking of ridiculous proposals, not that there's any shortage of those, uh, this is uh, the banning of untraceable ghost guns. By requiring firearm parts to be treated as guns and have serial numbers. Another concept imagined by the uh, the fertile imagination of Governor Headcase. Uh, you know, I mean, probably in a cheap white wine stupor, he dreamed this up. Ghost yeah. guns don't exist, ladies and gentlemen. The ghosts don't exist, and ghost guns don't exist. <laughs> Yeah. So so just just to kind of tell you guys the the deeper detail of what's being proposed here. Um and they haven't defined a lot of these terms. But essentially what they're saying is you can order parts for a firearm online. Cuomo wants all major gun parts to be serialized and go through a background check before they enter the state of New York. This will shut down remaining manufacturing of firearms in New York State, and nobody will sell online firearm parts to the state of New York. They'll simply say we ship everywhere except for New York State, um, and it is going to be near impossible for you to repair your firearm. And if you want to upgrade it, add a new trigger, maybe a new firing pin, any of that stuff, um, you won't be able to get it in New York. That's that's as simple as it is. It will shut down all the small mom-and-pop shop manufacturers that we have left, the, the very few who stayed in New York and places like Kimber. We still have Kimber manufacturing in New York. Uh, it'll make it so they can't do business here. They'll well, up and leave. And thus we will see the mother of all black markets. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Uh, there will be more um, quote-unquote Cuomo ghost guns in New York than ever before. Yeah, you want to see ghost passed. guns? Yeah. Try a ghost gun ban. Yep, yep, absolutely. All right, guys, that was 18 of Cuomo's proposals. We're short quite a few, so we'll cover them in another show. I'm exhausted. And, yeah, me too. I'm going to take some aspirin. and uh, <laughs> you know. But tomorrow's Fake News Friday, so make sure you join us. Same time, same place on Radio Free New York. Radio Free New York.